I am Zarina Dimitrova, a strategic partner and mentor to businesses in the process of transformation. Join me on Grow and Learn as we explore a range of topics from personal development and career advancement to relationship building and financial management. With practical advice, inspiring stories and expert interviews, we'll give you the tools you need to thrive in every aspect of your life. Join us as we share insights and strategies that can help you achieve your personal and professional growth objectives. Welcome to Grow and Learn. Welcome to Heal and Learn, everyone. Today, we're speaking about biohacking, reverse aging, how to uh, trick nature, how to focus more on healing yourself with alternative medicine, um, how to increase your productivity, how to become a superhuman. I don't know what else, a lot of things. My guest today uh, is the impressive Dr. Mike Van Thielen. Um, he's uh, Belgium, based in Florida at the moment, and I have so many other things to tell you, but what is super interesting is that he's also a world champion in swimming. So, hi, Mike. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me, Zorina. It's a pleasure. <laughs> the pleasure is mine. So, tell us about the swimming. Did you use everything you're using now to, to become a world champion in swimming? What, what uh, discipline was this? Yeah, it's, it's a good question because as a, as a young kid, I was very competitive. I didn't like losing. And so, in elementary school... I was the fastest runner in the class. I was on the basketball team, soccer team, etc. But a good friend of mine uh, beat me in swimming because he was part of the local swim team. So my mother tells me the story because I don't really actively remember. She said I was so mad. And then the next day I came up with a solution. I was going to join the local swim team. And that's how I found my passion for swimming. And I'm still joking about the fact that swimming is actually my worst sport, right? So in Belgium, I was an age group swimmer. I swam till about 24, several age group titles and some Belgian records with my team. Um, and then I came to the United States as a physical therapist, you know, saved $400, packed my backpack, put my jeans on and came live the American dream and didn't swim anymore till I was about 46, I'm 52 now. And so I decided to uh, start competing again. And uh, yes, these biohacking strategies certainly helped swimming a world record in the four by 100 meters freestyle. Um, and uh, my split for the swimmers in the 100 meters was 51.86, no, 51.82. And so that's pretty fast. Actually, it was faster and I was 48 at the time, faster than I was in my 20s and I wasn't a bad wow. swimmer. And I contributed to the biohacking, the things I have done uh, to make me, quote-unquote, a little bit superhuman or at least perform as a 48-year-old chronological age, but in a 35-year-old body, if you will, uh, because that's what biohacking is about. So I certainly didn't train as much. I swam three times, 75 minutes per week, and I went to the gym once or twice, 40 minutes, which was a lot less than my competitors. But you know, I did other things, right? I uh, upgraded my body, upgraded my mind with biohacking strategies, which means diets, uh, proper breathing, breath work, meditation, visualization, uh, hyperbaric oxygen, near infrared, uh, certain, uh, a lot of supplements, optimizing hormones. And so I did all these things to really get the edge and, you know, succeeded in doing that. And so always been competitive, but also have been in the health arena. And so when I came to the States, I, as I said, I came as a physical therapist, got very interested in other modalities because I saw the benefits, went back to school here in the United States, got my license in acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, was involved with anti-aging functional medicine, bioidentical hormones, you name it. Uh, but after a while and after almost another thousand patients, I got a little bit frustrated because these quote-unquote alternative therapies are indeed less invasive and less harmful than conventional medicine, meaning drugs, injections, and surgery. But I didn't get the lasting results either. <clears throat> so I had to go back to basics. Excuse me. Water. Yeah. I had to go back to basics. And so I decided to get my PhD in holistic nutrition and at the same time, I started looking at Mother Nature and animals in the wild because I figured Mother Nature has the truths about health. And by combining those, I got very comfortable helping anybody with any health issues, regaining control of their health, optimizing their health, or biohacking, meaning objectively reversing their biological age. And today, I'm a coach and a mentor helping many top athletes, professionals, entrepreneurs, and just the average person, helping them with their health 
whether it's getting rid of a disease pain or getting rid of that excess weight or optimizing their health or, you know, biohacking is reversing their biological age. Wow. Okay, so where do I start? Is there a way uh, that you're measuring the, the the reversal of your biological age? Yes. Because you said yes, that's like one of the beauties. Of, the one of the beauties of biohacking is that we can objectively measure its effectiveness. So when we start, we obviously can do many types of tests. Uh, one popular one that people may have heard of is telomere lengthening testing. So the uh, the end caps of our chromosomes. Mm. Uh, basically, as we age, get shorter and shorter and shorter. So we can lengthen, uh, we can measure, measure the length. And if we are able with biohacking strategies to lengthen them, then we're actually reversing our biological age. So that's many one of the test tests we do. Beside telomere lengthening, we can do some genetic testing. Uh, we can do gut biome testing. We can do obviously blood work and other and many other parameters where we set a baseline, then implement the strategies, and then see at uh, you know intermittent intervals on how effective the things uh, that we do are. And actually it becomes a little bit competitive at the top because we all want to shave those biological years off you know, uh, more than the next person. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to um, become competitive again in swimming? So from the moment you decided you were going to compete, you started using these hacks or were you doing it before that? I was doing a little bit before, but I'm one of those people. I need to have a goal to be fully committed to something. I need to have a deadline. So as soon as I decided to do that, I started to get uh, a, a lot more intensely involved. Yes. Okay. And how long did the process take for your trip? Well, I started swimming again in about uh, 2016 and swam the world record in 2019, 2019, mm -hmm. 2020, just before COVID. Yeah. Uh-huh. What length did you swim? What is the uh, the hundred meters? 100 meters. Yeah. Uh -huh. oh, well, congratulations. <laughs> I've never spoken to a world champion, I believe, before. <laughs> I'm not a world champion, I'm a world record. I have a world, world record. record. Uh yeah. Okay. Cool. Wow. Um all right. So would you like to, I mean, we can talk about your, your book, your most recent book. We can talk about uh, an alternative medicine to Alzheimer's that your company is providing. We can talk about all of these things. And I do yeah, want to sure. touch on that as well. But yeah. um, well, we've been talking about biohacking. So maybe we can give the listeners some things that they exactly. can start doing we'll right. When it, comes to, exactly. <laughs> when it comes to the health, I usually categorize my uh, mentees in three categories. There's those that need to regain control of their health. So they are either in pain, they're overweight, or they're diagnosed with some kind of a disease. So we need to get them back to quote unquote normal first. Then the second phase is this, once they're back to normal, we need to optimize their health. So they need to be strong and fit and vital and be in control of their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And only in step three, is optimal health then the ideal foundation to maximize the benefits of biohacking? Now we have to reverse that biological age. Unfortunately, most people start in phase number one, as you can imagine, but uh, I got them through the three phases. Now, what is it that we do, right? Um, because to me, there's many definitions of biohacking. To me, it basically means upgrading the body, the mind, and life. And from a health point of view, objectively reversing that biological age. So many people think biohacking, oh, you know, that's probably expensive technologies and equipment. And yes, it's out there, but we don't need that. Certainly not when we start. We need to lay that foundation. So in my book, and this is my latest book, the ISOT method, ISOT stands for in the zone on demand, unleashing your superpower. So it's about productivity, focus, but also upgrading or biohacking the body, the mind and life. So a lot of this book is dedicated to this biohacking. And in the book, I talk about seven foundations, things that you can start tomorrow that don't have to cost any money, right? So number one would be water, right? We are a plumbing system. We have a cardiovascular system. We have a lymphatic system, which as you know, is part of our immune system, etc. And so we need to make sure um, there's no stagnation. Things need to flow. When things start to stagnate, that's when we get into trouble. So the first step is we need to hydrate. We need to drink enough water. Most of us don't drink enough water. And we need to drink clean water. Now, in Austria, where you are, the water is probably clean. But in the United States, you know, the government puts fluoride and many other uh, neurotoxins in the water. So based on where you are, 
you may need a good water filtration system so you don't chuck down a lot of toxins. But we need hydration. We need to make sure things move. That's number one. Number two, uh, air. You know, we all breathe in air, um, but most of us don't know how to utilize that air. Uh, so there's two things I want people to start with. You need to spend more time outdoors instead of breathing in recirculated air. Go outside for lunch, after work, go outside. If it's not raining, take your family out and sit outside for dinner. Do activities outside in the evening and the weekend. So get that fresh air. But we all know we got only 21% of oxygen in our air. And most of us don't know how to breathe. 99.9% .9 of people breathe through the mouth. And the mouth is only designed to talk and eat. The nose is designed to breathe. So normally we should breathe in five counts through the nose and six counts out through the nose. And what that does is the nose is obviously narrower than the mouth. And so it forces the oxygen to go deeper into the lungs and deeper into our tissues and cells. And also right here in our lining, we have nitric oxide. So when we're breathing through the nose, we capture that nitric oxide and that helps the dilation of the vessels and helps everything going through the tissues properly. Now, it's probably the number one biohack is to learn to breathe properly because think about this. If we breathe in through the nose five counts and out six counts, that means we only take five and a half breaths per minute. When we breathe in through the mouth, we usually breathe in 16 to 20, 22 times. So there's a 300% increase in efficiency. And why is that important? Because everybody knows we need oxygen to live, but also everybody knows that too much oxygen, right, is oxidative stress, Ox oxygen rusts. So oxygen is aging, right? So the more oxygen we get in, the faster we age. So if we can breathe in properly, only five and a half breaths, then we drastically reverse our biological age and drive the oxygen where it needs to be with the nitric oxide. So for your listeners, you need to start doing breath work or learning how to breathe properly. There's many YouTube videos and instructional videos out there. My favorite app uh, is The Breath Source uh, because all the top breath masters in the world are on that app and you can download it for free. I don't know if it's available in Europe, but I know it's in the US and in uh, Latin America, but it's called the breath source, otherwise breath work. So that's number two, very important. May number three, you, yeah. Uh, what does five and a half counts of breath means? What is the half? Where is this stemming from? Well, no, I'm just calculating. If you take, if you inhale through the nose for five seconds mm -hmm. and you exhale through the nose for six seconds, that's 11 seconds. So there's about five and a half breaths in a minute. Okay. Right. So we take five and a half breaths per minute while through the mouth, it's usually between 16 and 20, 22. So if we learn to breathe properly, we increase the efficiency of breathing by 300%. It may be the number biohack uh, that you should learn. Wow. Okay. So I have another question here on this biohack. You mentioned that while preparing for um, your, your swimming, um, swimming the world record, you went to an oxygen, uh, Barrel, barrel, what is it chamber. Yeah. Barrel so chamber. again, that's going to cost you a little bit of money, excuse me, to have that. But what that does in the oxygen chamber, you get 100% oxygen and you are at a pressure. Mine was just a, ho a home unit of 1.3 atmosphere. It's like training in altitude, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to have the pressure. And so you're going to have the lungs work harder and you're going to have to have the, the oxygen going deeper into your tissues. That's why when I'm in the oxygen chamber, I use a mask of 100% oxygen versus regular air, 21% oxygen and having the pressure, pressing it deep down into my tissues, into the cells uh, to, again, you know, increase oxygenation, stimulate the mitochondria, which are the... Uh, you know, the energy production factories producing the ATP, etc. So, so that's the next step if you want to be a top athlete. But you can start with the basics because, again, while I'm in the oxygen chamber, I'm trying to maximize that oxygen by breathing in through the nose, five counts, and out through the nose, six counts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so would you say that out of everything that you um, applied for reverse aging, this was a less significant point going to the oxygen chamber or was this no, not at all i mean you're talking about an athlete you're talking about vo2 max you're talking about 
you know, you know, the more oxygen as an athlete you can uh, metabolize and get into the tissues, the better an athlete you will be, right? It's about lung capacity. Mm-hmm. And so breathing properly and getting, you know, treatments in which you simulate training at high altitude will obviously help you as an athlete. But also, you know, these chambers are, uh, especially in the United States, I don't know, in other countries, they are used for people with uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, MS, traumatic brain injury, stroke. Uh, Because again, we need to get the oxygen going back to those areas, because there were ischemic, you know, an ischemic attack, right, with uh, hypoxic dying of tissue. So, you know, in the United States, those hyperbaric oxygen uh, chambers are used to treat those types of conditions, and they have a good effect on it. Research shows that they drastically increase your VO2 max, but also uh, usually in about 40 treatments of an hour, that's what science uh, shows, there's a significant increase in uh, stem cell proliferation. So the number of stem cells in your body, the number of stem cells that your body makes uh, drastically increases with uh, hyperbaric oxygen treatments. And so do other things like fasting, et cetera. Uh, Because as we age, uh, many things decline, right? The quantity and quality of stem cells drastically declines as we age. And so is our hormones, right? That's why we're getting perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause. So, you know, a lot of things decline and that's our genetic programming. And that's what biohacking really does is biohacking goes beyond the genetic programming. And therefore you can have a longer biological life, a better quality of life because the hormones decline. What do we do? We substitute with bioidentical hormones. We replace those externally. The body's not making anymore. We're taking it in. Another example is the pancreas produces fibrolytic enzymes which are important to prevent scarring and uh, sclerosis in the organs and those types of things. Because if our tissue hardens, it cannot be as vital. It cannot pump the heart, the lungs, you know, our liver, our kidneys. So they become hard and sclerotic once the pancreas stops producing those fibrolytic enzymes. Uh, the The literature says around age 37. So if at age 37, you start taking fibrolytic enzymes like serapeptase, nanokinase, et cetera, then obviously you now are replacing that externally and you're pushing beyond your uh, genetic programming, the same with hormones and the same with stem cells. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to uh, reverse the functioning of the pancreas, for example, other than just uh, supplement and replace the... Yeah, yeah. in certain countries, they do that. They will treat type 1 and 2 diabetes, especially type 1, because that's the pancreas, right? Just injecting those. It's not allowed in the United States because it works, but injecting the pancreas with stem cells. You know, there's countries where um, I believe Israel and Korea, where they, when somebody has a heart attack, they take a healthy piece of the heart, right? Uh, They take it out. They, um, you know, mix it with the stem cells, etc., and then um, they put it back into the femoral artery, which runs straight back to the heart and then rebuilds the new heart right there and then, right? So these technologies are available, but usually most countries block those things because it would impede the big pharma's business drastically if we could renew and regenerate uh, any tissue because that's the premise of a stem cell. And again, we talk stem cells, but a stem cell by itself cannot do that. There's many other bioactive molecules that need to be present for proper tissue re-engineering. But let's just stick with stem cells just to make it easy. Stem cells and, and everything else that it needs. Um, but it's been proven that they can, that a stem cell, and I had stem cells done in my shoulders. 2017, just in my training, I went to the uh, swimming national championships here in the United States in Minneapolis. And after my fourth event, the butterfly, I pushed myself out uh, of the water versus going to the side under the ropes because I was too tired. And I felt something was wrong with my shoulders. The next morning, I couldn't, I couldn't lift my arm above 90 degrees. So I couldn't compete that day. And so I had two full thickness stair of my rotator cuff on the left and the right. Normally that's surgery. But at the time I was a CEO of a stem cell company. So obviously I had the stem cell injections done. Within three months, these tendons were not only completely repaired, but they were renewed and re-engineered. What I mean is they were actually much stronger and much more resilient and newer than the tendons that I injured during the swim. 
So they were much younger and much stronger than even before I injured them. And that's what stem cells do. They don't just repair, they renew and re-engineer, and they can do that with any tissue in the body. So when, you when you're talking about, could we fix a pancreas? Yes, in order for it to start producing the right enzymes again, we would have to renew the pancreas, make it biologically younger, and certain stem cell treatments could do that. But are these your DNA stem cells or from your, maybe your relatives or where do they come from? Oh, so, so I wrote a little book on stem cells uh, for consumers. And so, you know, it's very important because, you know, like, just like with anything, uh, there's good and bad, right? So stem cells too. Um, first, the source, you don't need it to have from your family. I know a lot of people, you know, save the stem cells from their baby, freeze it in in case they need it later. There's nothing wrong with that, but it costs a little bit of money. But right now we have the technology to uh, obtain the birth tissue, meaning the placenta and umbilical cord from humans and test it against all possible uh, infectious diseases and then use that tissue, which is called universal tissue, because there's no genetic material from the mom or the baby because it's between the mom and, and the baby, the placenta umbilical cord, it's universal tissue. And so when it's considered safe and tested, we could use that tissue as a stem cell product. So what I injected in my shoulder was a uh, umbilical cord and uh, placenta combination to repair uh, those tendons. And that's much better than many outdated procedures that a lot of orthopedic surgeons use, such as trying to get stem cells from your own fat cells through a liposuction or trying to extract stem cells from a person's bone marrow. Because if the stem cells worked, you wouldn't have to have surgery. You wouldn't have to have a procedure done. You would be just healing. Right. It doesn't make any sense to grab it from one side of your body and then relocate it to another side of your body. Plus, again, science shows clearly that as we age, the quantity and quality of stem cells drastically declines. So why would you use your own stem cells if you can use a stem cell source like birth tissue that has the highest bioavailable source of high quantity and high quality stem cells. So when it comes to stem cells, yes, one of the seven things that I discuss in my book is the source and the best source without dispute, no matter what anybody else says, is from birth tissue, uh, amniotic tissue, and ideally combined with the Wharton's jelly from the umbilical cord, because each of those tissue have essential components that we need for tissue engineering. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. interesting. So, so that brings <laughs> no, us- I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious uh, where they get the, uh, the materials from, because in Europe, they're disposed of. They're not allowed to be used for- uh, well, so here, mm -hmm. Yeah, so here what happens is, and I can't speak, can speak to Europe, but here what happens is, so as everybody knows, when the mother gives birth, the uh, birth tissues are just disposed of, right? So here there's many hospitals that are certified to get those birth tissues, don't throw them away, and then test them against all infectious diseases and whatever could be there. And then most of them are still thrown away, but the ones that are 100% safe and clean are then donated from the hospital to the tissue bank. The tissue bank min min uh, minimally manipulates those and then sells those tissues to the stem cell product manufacturers. And so all the way from obtaining it from the mom that obviously consented to do that, all the way to the hands of the consumer, the FDA and the American Tissue Bank Association regulates each step in the process. Mm -hmm. I understand. Okay. Thank you for this explanation. Oh, <laughs> what else can we do to biohack? We talked about uh, water. We talked about air. That's all we talked about so far. So number three would be movement. We already said in step number one with the water that we are a plumbing system. We, we have to avoid stagnation. So uh, movement is very important. And movement's not necessarily doesn't mean you have to go to the gym or you have to play organized sports. Uh, because I know people that go to the gym a whole hour each and every day, but then they have a sedentary job and sell insurance, for example, for the rest of the day. So from a health point of view, that's not healthy. We are designed to move. We need to move all day long because of that plumbing system. We want stagnation. And so we need to constantly walk, move around, dance, play with the grandkids, play with the dogs, uh, go out uh, during the week and then go your kayak and do whatever it is that we have to do. We need to move. It's essential. So we got to get out there and move. Um, 
Then number four is the opposite of movement. It's rest, right? During the night, we need a deep delta sleep. The, uh, and, uh, the uh, analogy that I often use uh, is that one of the supermarkets, if the people do not at the supermarket during the night in the United States, I don't know how it works in Europe, but when the people don't restock the shelves for one or two days, there is no more supermarkets. People cannot buy anything anymore. And it's the same with the human body. During the night, our body, our cells, our tissues, they need to repair, replenish, and renew, right? And so it's very essential that we then wake up refreshed and our body is ready to go because it's been replenished, repaired, and renewed. So if we feel up fatigued and if we don't get enough sleep and we don't have a good quality sleep, it just accumulates very quickly into a degenerative state, right? So we need to sleep long enough, but more important, we need a deep quality sleep, the delta stage. And so I know a lot of people have trouble with that. So there's, there's many things that we can do, but I'll just give you a few examples. The first thing we need to do is we cannot consume any food at least three, four ideally five hours before we go to sleep, because when we go to sleep and our digestive efforts are still going on, you know, then we can't fall into a deep delta sleep because the body is still working, right? So don't eat close to going to bed, number one. Number two, one to two hours before you go to bed, you need to stop stimulating your brain and your body. No TV, no work, no work calls, you know, no loud music, you need to wind down and put all those devices and appliances and TVs, you need to shut those off and just calm down that mind. And then me personally, I have an evening routine. There's a few things I do. And when I do those, I can get a good delta sleep. For example, part of my power routine is visualization. I only do it for one or two minutes. What do I visualize the next 24 hours? Because if I don't, and I'm not the only one. My mind keeps going, oh, what do I have to do tomorrow? I have to be here at this time. Then I got to do this meeting. What am I going to say to this person at this meeting? And so your mind keeps going, right? Oh, I got to bring the kids to soccer. So what I do to avoid that, I take two minutes and I go 24 hours through my day. And while I do the visualization, I make all the right decisions. And so then when I go to sleep, my mind's not going anymore because I put everything to rest, right? So you need to find ways to get into a deep delta sleep. So that's number four. Number five is light, sunlight, not heat. Heat is detrimental to health, right? Laying in the sun on the beach when it's, uh, you know, 30 degrees Celsius or 85 degrees Fahrenheit, that's not, there's not, nothing healthy about it. But the sunlight, light promotes and stimulates all biological, physiological, and nutritional processes in the body. A simple example is look at the animals in the Amazon, Amazon in the animals in the rainforest around the equator when there's a lot of light and a lot of, you know, uh, life. Uh, look at those animals. They're vibrant. They're strong. They have all these, you know, colors versus animals that don't see light. Uh, an extreme example, a mole. They're even blind, Right. So light stimulates all biological processes. So we need to spend more time outside once again, which is great because we got fresh air and we also can take our shoes off and start grounding, you know, walking barefoot in the park, in your yard, uh, going swimming in a lake, a river or the ocean connects us or closes the loop with Mother Earth and discharges all the negative energy in our body. So going outside, we're actually stacking some biohacking principles, fresh air, grounding and sunlight. Don't go out when it's hot and you start sweating and you exhaust yourself. But in the morning, in the evening, we want to spend a lot uh, of time outside. So that's light. And we got only two left. Um, Diet, we got to upgrade our diet, right? What we take into our body. It's not, the, it's not the most important one necessarily. It's one of the seven, but it's an important one because obviously, uh, let's explain it this way. I believe there's only one cause of all disease and it's called toxemia. Literally, toxemia means toxins in the blood. But in a little bit more detail, toxemia means that as part of daily living, as part of our metabolism, our body obviously produces waste products, which are toxic. But in a healthy organism, those toxins are removed on a daily basis by our kidneys, our bowels, our skin, etc. right? So no harm is done. However, if we take in or are exposed to far more toxins than the body possibly can eliminate, then we have an accumulation of toxins in our blood and our body. And that's what we call toxemia. Now, doxemia does two things. 
It causes free radicals to spawn because these toxins steal an electron from a healthy atom, which then becomes unstable. And most of your listeners heard about free radicals uh, wreaking havoc even on a cellular and DNA level. And then two, even more important, you know, when we are in this state of emergency, trying to neutralize those uh, toxins that we can't eliminate because we can't wake up, we're in a state of emergency. And conventional medicine has a name for that, systemic inflammation. And even according to conventional medicine, systemic inflammation is the cause of 90% or more of all diseases. So what do we need to do in order to avoid any and all diseases? Theoretically, it's very simple. We need to reduce the intake and exposure of toxins from where? Man-made foods, man-made drinks, prescription and over-the-counter medication, toxic household products, cleaning products, beauty products, the things that we put on our skin. And then today, electromagnetic frequency and radiation from our smart appliances, from the light fluorescent light bulbs, from our Wi-Fi, from our you know, cell phones and laptops that are not plugged in. And so we need to do whatever we can to reduce and mitigate that while simultaneously increasing the nutrients that do what? Fight free radical damage, you know, uh, fight systemic inflammation and repair our DNA. And so if we can, you know, get that balance the other way around, then we have no toxemia. In other words, we have no risk of any and all disease. And so that's the purpose of a diet. We need to eat the right things. We need to have high quality supplements that give us those nutrients uh, to repair our DNA, to fight uh, free radical damage and systemic inflammation. And then the last one, number seven. May and I again, jump in we... for a second just to yeah, ask go you ahead. something about nutrition? Um, so I understand all of this, all about uh, man-made food. What about meat? There, there are a lot of... Um... Um, arguments about uh, being vegan, vegetarian. What if you eat clean meat that is not toxic? What do you think of that? Do you eat meat personally? No, but 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 sometimes I do. So here's here's my two points I would like to make on um, make on meat. Uh, number one, um, if we look at our biology and physiology, and we look at science. We are not omnivores. Our habits tells us that we're omnivores, but we are herbivores, mm -hmm. all right? Even though we act as omnivores. But when we, uh, and I got a great article people can look up if you want on this topic uh, with all the scientific evidence, but our digestive system, our liver, our jaw, our teeth, is that the same as uh, herbivores and is not even close to what uh, carnivores physiology and biologically bio, biology looks like, right? So that's number one. Number two, just like with many foods, uh, whether it's clean meat or not, it's something that's been dead flesh for a few weeks by the time you consume it. We all know that the, the animals are slaughtered, right? Then they go into a distribution center or they hang in a cooler, but they're all sprayed with what? Uh, with something that like Clorox bleach, because we know that if an animal dies, and we leave it like it is, it putrefies very quickly and the bacteria start turning it back to dust in a matter of days. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why we don't find hundreds of dead animals in the woods when they die, bacteria just dissolve them, right? And so we need to pour bleach on there so bacteria cannot eat it. Then it goes in coolers, distribution centers, it goes to your supermarket. So a few weeks later, there's the meat. But the meat normally looks now brown and, uh, and, and uh, black. Uh, so now we have to inject them and fill them up with fillers to make them look plump. We put colorings there, the same with the salmon, right? They look like they just caught them two minutes ago mm. and, and, and put it there for you, but that's not true. So the reason I'm telling you this is because it is dead flesh and it has been denatured. And not only are we gonna now eat that meat, we're going to bake it. We're going to cook it. We're going to denature it even further because we're not flesh eaters. If you look at a lion, it attacks the animal right there and then. It's still alive. The adrenaline is still pumping through its blood and its veins. And it's eating not just the meat. It's eating everything. Now, that's a flesh eater, right? Actually, we know flesh eaters. mostly drinking the blood. I've watched some documentaries on, on lions. Yeah. And uh, what they do is they don't eat the meat so much, but they drink the yes. blood mostly. Exactly. And here we are thinking that we need to eat meat. There's no there's no value to it because we all have been we all. And again, it's the meat industry and the propaganda. We all think that meat makes us strong. It makes us very weak. 
because it's nothing but a burden on the digestive system. And we all think, oh, what about our protein? Where do you think the animals get the protein from? From grazing the grass. Obviously, now they're not grazing grass anymore. They are fed all kinds of toxic stuff. Uh, they never see sunlight like, like our chickens and our cows. And uh, they get anti fed antibiotics, so they grow faster. And the list goes on and on and on and on, right? But usually I get two objections to saying we're not meat eaters. The first one is, what about B12, Dr. Mike, right? Because that comes only from animal protein. Well, that's not true. That's just one of those things out there that people keep repeating. But where do the animals get their B12 from, right? They get it from dirt, from the ground, and they get it from rivers, you know, some mother nature, because B12 is made by bacteria. And so when animals in the wild eat grass and get dirt in their system by eating plants and trees and stuff like that, they get dirt in their system. That's how they get the B12, right? And today animals are not grazing outside. So those animals that you're eating, they, first of all, they don't have B12. That's why we see a B12 deficiency amongst meat eaters and non-meat eaters alike, right? So everybody needs to supplement with B12. So that's the first one. The second objection I always get is what about our ancestors? Because when we look at our ancestors, they had the pictures in the uh, caves, you know, with the spears and, and killing mammoths and stuff like that. And the initial research when they when they found, um, you know, caves and stuff like that, there's spears and there's weapons. So we are meat eaters. Well, you know, that's not true uh, because uh, science has changed. Just like when the time we came up with DNA, suddenly a lot of people ended up in jail because now we did find the true killer and the true murderer. So science continues to evolve. So what they did, um, you know, in, in this century is they went back to those same bones of our ancestors and they measured the strontium levels and the strontium levels clearly indicate that they are plant eaters herbivores right and that's science so why the spears well just imagine if there's an ice age <laughs> and there are no plants and you know you know all we can do is get calories in so now we have to get a spear and have to kill each other or kill some other animals so those are you know, uh, the, the, those are basically what they were painting, right, on, on those things. So we're not designed uh, to eat those. Another thing to keep in consideration, I think, is that our ancestors, uh, they only lived to be 25 years old, right? So their only purpose was to make babies and then die. And, and so it, it was all about, you know, keeping the species alive. And so even when you would eat meat, you know, you're not going to get a heart attack. Age. But that was no. the average age, the 25. I mean, that's because yeah. there was a lot of infant mortality, but it doesn't mean that they lived only to 25. Yes, but let's say, let's say, let's say you're lucky and you live till 25. Obviously, heart disease, cancer is not going to catch up to you from eating that. It was all about calories. But now we don't live to be 25. So now we do have to uh, take in consideration the long-term effects of eating meat, uh, the uric acid and uh, everything all the bad stuff that comes with it. And I mean, I tell doctors all the time, you know, show me one study on PubMed that shows that a, a meat diet reduced cholesterol, triglycerides and helped somebody or helps a certain disease. All the research you find about diets that have a positive effect on a certain condition uh, or a certain disease are all plant-based diets. Mm -hmm. So now... I don't label myself. I don't label myself as a vegetarian or a vegan. I label, when people ask, I say I'm aware. So I don't eat meat at home, but when I go out with friends and I crave a filet mignon, I'm going to eat one. But I'm aware it's a burden on my system and I'll make up for it. Mm -hmm. Understood. Yeah. And to your point about um, the ancestors being um, plant-based, uh, like eating plant-based diet, uh, there was a research on the bones of people in the alleged area of Sparta and they found that their diet was mostly consisted mostly of barley and beans mm -hmm. yeah. it probably also depends what's available in certain areas mm -hmm. right I mean your geographical area and we used to be nomads so now we are stagnant in the same area we used to going you know keep moving 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 which means you're exposed to you know different types of plants and foods etc and so when you're in the same area, you always eat the same things, which means you build up, 
you know, shortages, shortages of certain nutrients also. Another reason why supplements sometimes are important. Mm -hmm. Good. Number Good. seven, the yeah. mind. The mind. How many are there? How many? <laughs> How many tips are you going to share with us? Seven. Seven. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Those are the seven foundations. Uh, it's just because they're not expensive. Everybody can start working on them on a daily basis. You don't need to have a budget to start a, an expensive piece of equipment. And it sets the foundation, right? So, but number seven is important because it's usually neglected uh, because we're focused on our body, not our mind. But the, the mind controls the body. The mind controls disease. The mind can perpetuate disease. The mind can stop disease in its tracks. The mind also is the blueprint to our future, our success or our failure. And so most of us don't work on the mindset. And we usually are, you know, uh, kept back by our past experiences with many of us called failures. They're not failures. They're lessons that we learn so we can be better, right? But we need to start working on our belief system and we need to be pulled forward by the future. So we need we need to know what our dreams are, what our purpose is. We need to know our, our, what our plan is. We need to break down that plan in incremental steps that we can attain. We have to have clarity on where we're going, what we're doing and be pulled forward why, uh, by that. And if we are doing that, and if we, have, if we have any doubt in our mind that we will achieve our goals or dreams, or for example, that we will overcome cancer, if we have a doubt in our mind, then the universe has two options, failure or success. If we have no doubt in our mind that we're going to beat this cancer and see our grandkids go up and live a long, happy life, if there's no doubt in your mind, then that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be a big win. So you can see how important mindset is from a disease health point of view, but even also from a business point of view and about realizing your goals and dreams. It's very important that your mindset is right, that you can tap into the different brain waves, and that you utilize Techniques such as meditation, visualization, manifestation, breathwork, and even technologies such as BrainTab to daily implement those so you keep yourself pushing forward in the direction you want to go, whether that's, you know, beating that cancer or whether that's becoming a millionaire or whether that's, uh, you know, uh, swimming or running a world record. It does not matter what it is, but the mindset becomes crucial uh, in your success. Mm. I love how succinct you put uh, all of these seven uh, tips together. It was uh, very uh, detailed and exhaustive, and I, I truly appreciate it. You're Thank welcome. you, Mike. <laughs> so, so where are you heading next now? Um, Tailing from your last point. Well, what is your what is your dream? What do you want to achieve? Well, what I do is uh, currently I'm a mentor and a coach. I'm putting some online courses together. I do a lot of speaking engagements. I will be the opening keynote speaker at the uh, Biohacker Expo in Miami in February 2024. I did some TEDx. I did a TEDx talk. And so I like speaking and I like mentoring and I'm working on some online courses. But what I want to do is I'm really focused on helping people, not just with their health, but really unleashing their superpower. Because we all have superpowers inside of us. Most of us don't know what they are. Some of us are barely tapping into it, but I help people unleash their superpower and find fulfillment in their life. Because God knows uh, today the world needs all of our superpowers. Mm, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit now about your uh, the company that provides um, a medicine that is an alternative to Adderall. 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 Yeah. So during the pandemic, um, <clears throat> just before the pandemic, I was a CEO of a stem cell clinic and then the pandemic started. So we closed the doors. And so I had a little bit of extra time and a colleague of mine called me up and asked if I would help doing pre-screening calls for medical marijuana, which is legal in the state of Florida. So I said, sure, I'll help out. And so I ended up talking to over a hundred people each and every week with ADHD, anxiety, depression, PTSD, and all those mental conditions. And yes, there's therapists and uh, drugs out there, but there was this common denominator that I found talking to them is these people did not have a purpose in life. It's like they're going to their job eight to five, they're getting overworked, they get too much work, they gotta rush home, they gotta bring the kids to soccer. And so they never catch up. And financially, they don't know what tomorrow brings next week, next month, et cetera. So when I put myself in that situation, I would be worried, I would be uncertain. 
And so those emotions uh, translate into those mental illnesses or mental conditions. So if my mentees are really work on purpose and regaining control of their life and scripting their life, uh, knowing, you know, uh, being in control of their agenda and, and what's going to happen tomorrow, next week and next month. And usually those conditions disappear. But while I was talking to them, many of them obviously are on drugs like Wellbutrin, Ritalin, Adderall. Adderall is one of those smart drugs where people take it, they are able to focus and get the job done. But Adderall comes with many adverse reactions, a whole list. A few of them are increased heart rate, increased risk for heart disease, psychosis, seizures, and the list goes on. So I cannot uh, stand behind that. So I did some research on natural alternatives, which are called nootropics. Uh, simply said, they're basically harmless supplements that also help you with memory and focus. And so one of them is called Focus Plus, and uh, Focus Plus has four ingredients. Number one is biocitroid, which is a patented terpene from a specific type of blood orange in the southeast region of Asia. And at 30 milligrams of higher, biocitroid is able to cross the blood-brain barrier. So it works pretty quickly in about 30, 40 minutes. First, the supplements usually have, to, usually have to build up in your system for a few weeks to hopefully then have a positive effect. So then we added three other um, ingredients to it that have been shown by scientific research to also help with focus and, mer and memory, which is L-tyrosine, an amino acid that helps with memory and focus, phenylalanine, which is a neuroagent that helps with photographic memory, memory focus, etc. And then the last one, probably the most important one, phosphatidyl, which has been shown by scientific literature to stimulate NGF, which is nerve growth factor, which helps with the formation of new brain cells, helps with neurotransmission in the brain, etc. So by combining those four, we're able to optimize and balance the five intelligence hormones. And when the five intelligence hormones, which are dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine, serotonin, and acetylcholine, when they are optimal and balanced, that's when we're in the zone. That's when nothing can distract us. That's when we can be productive. Um, so uh, the company Claritin Z Health uh, developed that product. And so we've been able to help many people getting off those harmful drugs and putting them on something that doesn't have the side effects, doesn't have the jittery effects, but still helps them getting into that uh, focus uh, area. And on the other spectrum, we have top athletes that take the product just to give them that little extra edge and focus. Mm -hmm. Is it a supplement or an actual me medicine? FDA it's a nootropic, it's a supplement, no prescription, it's 100% safe. The four ingredients, like I said, are amino acids and natural ingredients, a terpene from a plant. Uh, so it's something that everybody can get. Uh, there's no side effects, you don't need to get uh, involved with a doctor. Uh, so it's just very safe to take and doesn't have any adverse reactions. Where can we get it? <laughs> If you go to the website, trysmartpill.com, you can get a free sample because it doesn't work for everybody and it's not as strong as certain medications like Adderall. So just give it a try. It doesn't cost anything. I think they charge you shipping and handling, obviously, but you can give it a free, a free try at trysmartpill.com. Mm, wonderful. Great. And uh, now about your book. I mean, it's already, uh, we've been speaking for almost an hour now. So I'm hoping that people are still sticking with us. Tell us a bit about the book. The is, is, it, is it easy? Well, this is book number eight. And so my first uh, seven books are all about health-related issues. But then with the pandemic, talking to those people, I figured there's more to health. There's other things that, so just supplements or drugs or therapy is not always the solution. In this case, I had to help these people finding their purpose in life and helping them with a plan and a strategy. And so they would be focused and they would have passion and fire in their belly because we found their purpose. And so this book goes a little bit beyond health. So we talk about focus. We talk about productivity. We talk about freeing up valuable time finding fulfillment in life. And we talk about biohacking. And this book also includes those seven foundational biohacks that we talked uh, in, uh, in detail about today. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for all the information that you so generously shared. Um, and um, to end the conversation, what, is, what makes you happy? What, uh, what do you do to keep yourself in the zone? 
Uh, well, you know, I do this. I love helping people. I think we humans are designed to help people, uh, even the grumpy ones amongst us. Uh, when you, when you, even when you open a door for an older person at a supermarket, it makes you feel good. You're not doing that person a favor. You're doing yourself a favor. So when you can, and and most people, when we really hone in on their purpose, it, there's always an aspect of helping people one way or the other. So I'm just fortunate that I'm able to help people with their health, with their business, with their personal life on a daily basis, and see the results. And that's why I call it unleashing their superpowers. So my superpower is to help other people unleash their superpower. Awesome. Thank you so much for this wonderful talk. My oh, you're welcome. And for anybody that's listening, um, my website is biohackingunlimited.com. My books are there. My mentorship programs are there. My speaking page is there. Uh, you can sign up for the free newsletter. You can schedule a 20 minute call with me for free to see how I can help you. So everything is at biohackingunlimited.com. Even our Costa Rica VIP retreats are there. Everything's there. Oh, tell us a bit about the retreats. When is the next one? Uh, well, we did one uh, past August and it was such a success that we immediately had to put up another one. So the next one's coming up in August of 2024. There's only 30 spots. Uh, but it's in the jungle in Costa Rica, 40 acres. And what we do is a lot of breathwork and a lot of biohacking. Connecting with people is just a transformational experience. And uh, it's nicely priced. It's not too expensive. Everything's included. So go check it out. Uh, it's the page Costa Rica VIP on the Biohacking Unlimited website. Hurry up if you're interested because we only got 30 spots. Awesome. How many days is the retreat? The retreat is August the 1st till August the 6th. So uh, six days, five nights. Fantastic. Sounds great. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. I really yeah. enjoyed this conversation. Thank it was super informative. Me. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.